This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Layer. Layer is redefining the way businesses purchase and manage their commercial liability insurance by giving control of the process back to the business owner. More on that later. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Jeff Coyle. He's a co-founder and chief product officer at Market Muse, which is a tool that uses AI to accelerate content planning, creation, and optimization. So Jeff, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. So we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, and we're not going to necessarily talk about the future. We're going to talk about now because it, you know, I'm writing, you and I talked about this for a moment prior to getting on. I'm publishing and and maybe you've seen it already my my trends article for the year and I'm going to talk about AI as, as a trend because I generally talk about things for small business when they become real and and practical and and uh, you know it's uh, we've been talking about AI for I don't know 5 10 years in in sort of a futuristic like Steven Spielberg <laughs> way even and uh, but now it's here so maybe uh, Jeff give me a little bit or give the audience a little bit I mean I have people that certainly are very uh, immersed in AI uh, technology and then some that are just, they've heard about it, you know, on a television show somewhere, right? So, so how, you know, kind of set the stage. I mean, how is AI changing things right now? Gosh, you know, the, the one big thing about it is that there's, you know, there's now, I, gosh, it's probably over 100 branches of, and that's how they're typically talked about, is branches of artificial intelligence. So there's things like, you know, computer vision, there's also robotics, and more commonly, it's connected to something like robotics. But, you know, there's many branches. And with, you know, one of the more common topics is machine learning you hear, but even in the machine learning, that can be applied to anything you know, basically every application to accelerate, you know, work that's being done. And so right now, the biggest advancements are in the fact that there's just a lot of different branches and a lot of different innovation in all those branches. The ones that I'm heavily focused on are machine learning, which, you know, and then natural language processing and natural language generation. So natural language processing is really, you know, like it sounds, I'm processing text and processing language information. I'm building language models to be able to do things, to be able to assess the quality and comprehensiveness of content, to be able to, you know, respond in a chat bot in a way that feels like it's a person. That's something that everybody's probably experienced. To be able to write quicker, to be able to, you know, do things that, you know, would typically require manual labor or historically have been done with templates. With much more the artificial intelligence with respect to a lot of these processes and a lot of these this innovation in you know the fields that I operate in has really gone to be hey we had to do these things manual we had to do manual research processes and now we don't we can start to automate and we can start to build machine learning solutions that improve on what anyone could possibly do manually and that's really the spirit of it it's training models that are get better and better and better and better and we'll never stop getting better. And <laughs> that's the key of, of why it's really relevant for, for any scale of business. There's really nothing that can't be improved. A little bit about, about chatbots though, because I think for a lot of people, that was their first experience where they knew they were experiencing AI because we've been experiencing it for a long time, but they knew they were experiencing it there. And for a lot of people, it was kind of clunky and not... Yeah. 
you know, not very intelligent, if you will. But, you know, so how do we move past maybe some people's feeling that that's what AI is? You know, it's, 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 it's like a thing. The way I like to think about it is the original implementations of those things were a bunch of if then statements. It was kind of like a choose your own adventure book or, a, you know, a decision support system. When you're working with, you know, databases and, you know, you're responding with what you think is going to be a, a reasonable response, but you get it. You're like, no, that's not my specific answer. You know, it's when you're on the phone, you start yelling representative, 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 because you don't want to go through the automated uh, thing. But what happens is, you know, with, with, you know, artificial intelligence for that type of solution, which is not something that I specifically have built as a point solution, but I certainly understand the technology behind it. It's to, there's situations where you can identify specific personas. You can actually identify somebody is from a particular place or a location, and you can look at massive quantities of text data to try to connect the dots to things that they would most likely be interested in. You can also look at user behavior. You can look at if they're a, if they're a client, you can look at things they've done as part of their existing experience to try to guess potentially some things that they may want to interact with. But you're really trying to tune and personalize those types of experiences and get them closer to done. I mean, the thing about a chatbot is, right, you want that experience to be as short and and pleasant as possible. And you know what I always like to say about machine learning is when it feels really easy, it was actually really hard. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's like we, the experience you have with like the perfect search result, right? Or an experience where you typed in something that may have been unique. Nobody's ever typed it in before and they actually had the right response. You're like, oh, cool, I'm done. The, what got that there was extremely long, complicated training a model. When I say training a model, it's basically like to say, and I'm, I'm, I'm very general, you show somebody, you know, humans train models. You can actually train models with computers as well. But most of the time, the original models are trained with humans. You show a response and somebody says, yep, that's a good result. And then that data goes in to train it. You can also train it with user data, user behavioral data. So the important thing is that there are a lot of people who train that those chatbot experiences so that over time it will always get better. So that first experience, yeah. don't, don't be scared by it. It's the goal of this is so that, you know, and, and experiences later, it's going to get closer to the right answer. That seems super simple. Like when you talk to your Amazon echo and it responds correctly yeah you're like oh that's just that's just natural but when it responds incorrectly you're like oh man you know and that's really what ai brings to the world it's you judge the output yeah, yeah. and that's tough you know because because that's a, a tall standard of operation so yeah. yeah, I hate it when I say, Alexa, play John Prine. And she says, we don't have any shipping on Prine. Let me check, let me check Wikipedia for that. John <laughs> Prine is a musician. And you're like, no, that's not what I wanted. But, you know, you, you do have a high standard. Yeah. You know, your, your standard is the thing you would do with, you know, multiple clicks, patterns that you've learned over time. You know what you want. It's in your brain. Yeah. And, you know, you as a human, you naturally judge output and you say, this is correct or this is not. Well, yeah. and I think we're also, I mean, I, I think our expectations are, are, are continually raised. And so oh, yeah. if you don't keep up, you know, then you really look clunky. 
<laughs> I uh, wrote my last book, this my seventh book, and it is the first book that I've written completely in uh, Google Docs. Right. And I noticed when I was writing this much text that Google all of a sudden started saying, is this how you want to finish this sentence? And it it was it's actually fairly new. And I found myself at first annoyed. It's like, mm -hmm. on the screen, I'm writing. Uh, and then I find, found myself going, well, yeah, that's a better way to say that maybe. And I started accepting and altering and doing some things with it. And, you know, at first I thought, well, the, is this a just a new feature in, you know, Google Docs? And uh, ultimately it appears that they've really latched onto, and I'm going to get really geeky here and let you ungeek it, this GPT-3 language. And, and I think a lot of people like me, you know, are experiencing it, using it in Gmail, using it in Google Docs and didn't realize what they were using at, at the time. And I think that that was, to me, that was a great demonstration of, you know, the power of sort of everyday, you know, filtering into our world. Yes. I, and, you know, most, a lot of, I, you know, I said chatbots was a great thing, but what you described, which is smart compose yeah. or their natural language, their first attempts or their attempts at natural language generation. You see that in, you know, in Gmail, in Google Docs, those are their own train, those are their own language models. So not only is it training on everything everyone writes, but they are starting to tune that specifically for you. So that's a really great application of, of that, not necessarily using GPT-3 as a language model, but GPT-3 is just that. It's a very, very robust, generic language model. It's the best that, you know, the best multi-use or general model. And all that is, is to say, you know, from a generation perspective, it's predicting the best likely next word or phrase as as you know, and, and then it just does that. And it keeps pick, picking some great, great responses. And that's the field that Market Muse, the you know the company that I've co-founded operates in, it's processing text to say what is it about. It's also you know evaluating that text. But you might have experienced it in Grammarly or Hemingway. You might have experienced similar technology in, like you said, Smart Compose. And what what GBT three is trying to do is act as a library that people can access to generate content that uses some you know, some tips and some training and you can do other things on it. And that is the fastest growing field in, in AI right now. And our, our platform takes that a step further and tunes it for content marketers. Right. So people putting content on websites effectively, or frankly, anywhere. And the, the nuance, the difference between GPT-3, for example, or Smart Compose and the technology behind that. And what we do is we're actually able to feed our technology everything that John's ever written. We could feed him your book. You know, just imagine it ingesting your book and imagine it ingesting everything that you've written and then learning about topics. You know, learn about, you know, this particular concept. And here's the outline. And then it starts to write like you. And then you, when you get that accelerates your ability, just like Smart Compose does, just like Grammarly does. And if people don't think Grammarly speeds up their ability to write, I mean, it does. It's, it, it's that task of editing is, is, you know, people spend, people will stare at a, a draft for, for hours and they don't even count for that time, you know? So what we're doing is trying to encourage people to be able to get more, more content out the door versus replacing them. And it's really inspiring them to, want to build high quality content every time.
And that's really the, the nuance, you know. So. And now a word from our sponsor. Layer is making high quality commercial insurance easily accessible and affordable for more than 25 million small businesses throughout America. It's a startup that is building better insurance for emerging U.S. businesses by using artificial intelligence and machine learning to recommend and match companies with the insurance policies and coverage they need and accurately predict carrier pricing. Hassle-free business insurance, 100% online. You can pay monthly with a credit card. Check it out at withlayer.com. That's with L-A-Y-R.com. Yeah, and, and that's actually one of the things I wanted to, to touch on because I think some people look at this as, oh, this is going to replace riders. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, what it does is freeze riders to, you know, to produce better quality faster, perhaps. And, and, you know, let's just face it, get rid of the silly mistakes. You know, that's, you know, that's a, a nice bonus as well. But, but what does this mean? I do think it takes a point of view shift from a writer's standpoint, because I, I mean, at some point they're going to be able to tumble a bunch of keywords on, you know, onto a page and it's going to go poof, you know, here's an article. So what does that, what does that mean then, you know, that the writer's role is? Yeah, I think the first thing it does is, and I'm proud of this, if we're able to accomplish this, if, if the, you know, the people who are focused on technology is raising the bar on, yeah. on low quality content. So basically the market for going out and buying low quality crummy content, I would love for that market to disappear yesterday because I want quality of, I want the quality of content to be higher every day. You know, that's like something that I want to influence content. I want more of it to really tell the story that the person is an expert or represent the business and the business's expertise. If you're a small business, mid-market or very large, you should be you know, communicating your expertise and your knowledge. And I really would, I would love it if there was no market for that low quality stuff. For just, just, just a moment, because what about a world where that person that's writing the $15 articles Right now, now uses AI to write better, a much better article, but not necessarily invest any more time. So all of a sudden, fifteen dollar article just got a lot better, and there's still a market. Yeah, and I think it raises the bar yeah. absolutely. And you know, you're going to have people who are able to adapt, and the standard of what to expect is going to be dramatic. But then it's going to really make subject matter experts the true signal of authority. And that's what we want, I, I feel. And I want to be able to take somebody who is a subject matter expert, but maybe not a great writer. Ask a subject matter expert. Add a, ask an editorial person that you know how much they love doing keyword research. Do you love keyword research? Do you love it when someone gives you a spreadsheet of words to include in your art? Right. Oh, guess what the answer to that is? 94% of the time, right? I just made that number up. But, you know, it, it's, it's no. So how can I get, how can I communicate that information to accelerate that person writing the piece they want to write within the guardrails that are going to allow them to perform well? And that's what, you know, our innovations focus on is to say, I want the person who's really great at, you know, he knows everything about mountain biking in Moab, Utah. And who am I to tell him how to turn on that particular, you know, trail? You know, that's something only he knows. But if he's writing an article about that particular trail, I want to make sure that it's going to be successful. And what we both want is for people to read it. Yeah. 
And <laughs> if we can get aligned on that, we can help each other versus. Yeah, yeah, yeah this could be more likely uh, the line to take on the slick, frankly. <laughs> that was a great reference then. <laughs> great reference. So, so we've been talking about written word or typed word or whatever we call it. What about audio and video? I'm starting to see some applications where you can actually take an audio file and feed it into um, an application that will say, here are the four greatest 10 second tidbits. How is AI, you know, going to influence kind of that sort of, it's almost creation of content, you know, at that point. Oh yeah. So summer, so there's two types of the original technology that was like what people thought natural language generation was going to be. There was like abstractive and extractive summarization. Well, those are super nerdy words, but basically you can extract pieces of it. You can create your own summarization, which is in kind of the form of the abstract. It's as if someone wrote a summary, right? And so those two technologies were the first ones where there was really obvious business use. And, you know, the other piece of it for audio, video is transcription. And so I like to say, let's pair those things together to optimize our transcripts. So the minimum you would want to do is to just have the transcript. Well, now there's technology that can tell you what, like you mentioned, it can turn that into summarization, extractive summarizations or abstractive summarization. So you can actually build your show notes, right? And then supplement them. We've done this with so many businesses with their podcasts, but the coolest part which is really the innovative part, which I'm sure you'll appreciate is we can actually look at our conversation and weigh it against particular topics. And it can tell us things we didn't mention. We forgot to talk about X. We didn't cover this Y. So maybe you as the host go in, maybe you did another podcast about it. You can connect those and say, hey, you know, Jeff and I talked about NLG. And then when you analyze the text, we forgot to talk about GPT-2. We forgot to talk about what a language model is. We forgot to talk about Grover. You know, these are all like buzzwords, but you can actually type and, and start to write and annotate your show notes, making them much more of a pleasant reader experience. So imagine if you could constantly be putting, you, you take a transcription and make it better, make it bet more user-friendly, and then, you know, supplement that with, you know, potentially, I, I've got a great technology that I'm using on, on, on our, our webinars that takes the most exciting ep- excerpts from the transcript and it puts it into a sound file that I can share that actually is, you know, my guest talking about something that was deemed to be the most exciting part of the discussion. You know, so there's some really, really cool applications there. What what is that application? Just for personal reasons I'm asking. (laughs) Oh, I will, I will uh, include it. My brain is, I'm I'm actually, I was trying to say the name of it, but yeah, I can't remember what the name is, but yeah, I I will, I will include that and you can share it with your guests. Yeah, I would would love to. (laughs) So, so that's really what you just touched on is because I think in the intro, I I talked about Mark Amuse's planning, creation and and optimization. So that's Mm -hmm. really the optimization component you're talking about there is, is not just show notes or not just transcripts but better show notes better yeah transcripts. amplifying them yeah it's really making them you know and that's like a kind of a direct a direct use case of that yeah. but you know there, there there's piles of other possibilities there of, of things that can be you know directly relevant to optimizing you know the, the but there's also technologies for example we can create the outline mm-hmm. for our talk Make sure, and so before we even start talking, start to build the script, start to build questions that need to be answered 
to tell this story. So we can actually start to build outlines for conversations more effectively today. And that's something that we produce for people. That's awesome. All right, uh, Jeff, uh, tell people where they can find out more about uh, Market Muse and the work that you're doing. So Market Muse, you can find more about me at jeff at marketmuse.com if you want to shoot me a note. Market Muse, we have a great content strategy uh, blog. Tells the story of like every workflow you'd ever want to do to evaluate the quality of your existing content. Tell you where your strengths and weaknesses are. And also get into the weeds on, you know, common use cases and, and best practices. We've got a free a content strategy crash course, which I love. You should, if you go in there, no, no uh, registration required. We have a, a free trial. We also have an entry points for our self-service offering, our no-touch offering that are very low. Um, so any small business can justify that expense in, you know, one content item, two content items influence per month, all the way up to we work with many of the largest publishers and brands that you know, love, and probably are getting things delivered to your house right now from for the season. But yeah, Jeffrey underscore coil on Twitter. And I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Jeff, thanks for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll run into you someday when we're all back out there on the road. Awesome. Thanks again, John. 